0: We're not doing only because of the regulation, but because uh, open banking is also a business strategy. We're a traditional bank and we need to rescale the people to give them the new capabilities for this digital age.
1: Hello and thanks for joining us on Banking Remix, the new podcast from Veritran. I'm your host, Katie Janos small the founder and editor of Upana. On this podcast, we talk to leaders in digital finance about how traditional banking is being remixed, how it's being spun together with new technologies, concepts, and data with the aim of creating better customer experiences and more intuitive, integrated services. Today, I'm delighted to speak to Javier Ramirez. Javier is the head of digital transformation at Banco Industrial, which is uh, one of the leading banks in Guatemala. Um, Javier has been at the bank since 2008, where he's held a variety of roles, including head of mobile banking. So Javier, I'm um, delighted to have you here on the show today. Thank you very much for joining us.
0: Hey, Katie. How are you? Uh, thank you for inviting me, and thank you very much for inviting me also. Um, I'm very glad to be here today.
1: To kick off, Javier, tell us a little about some of the initiatives that you're involved with at the moment? What you're what you're working on at the moment?
0: Well, uh, first of all, uh, as you say, I've worked at, at Banco Industrial in Guatemala since uh, 11 years ago, and since then I'm, I have been involved in in all the transformation and the innovation and digital things of of the bank. So. Uh, since three years ago I'm, I'm helping to accelerate the, the adoption of the new technologies, the ways of working, uh, helping our customers to solve their pay points in a different way that we used to do. So I'm leading the, the um, digital transformation uh, strategy of the bank uh, as a regional. Because we also have banks in in El Salvador, in, in Honduras and Panama, and we're trying to implement all this strategy in, in all the region. And I also lead uh, the open banking strategy and all the innovation that goes around around it.
1: Tell me about how open banking is developing in Guatemala and uh, those other countries that you that you operate in. Um, is that a is that something that you're trying to get ahead of the curve? Uh, are there regulatory moves already?
0: Yeah, yes, we're trying to get ahead because uh, we're always looking for for trends around the around the world. And for example, in Europe, we have the uh, PSD two regulation that uh, obligates the banks to to do the open banking and uh, uh, deliver the information to their clients. So right now, we're trying to implement this before the regulator uh, asks for us to do it. So we're going to be prepared early, but because uh, open banking is also a business strategy. It can open uh, a lot of new uh, business models, uh, uh, integration with fintechs, uh, third parties, uh, innovation, open innovation that will help us to drive uh, a faster uh, curve with the competition.
1: You see it as a way to reach new potential clients through integrations?
0: Yes. Yes, we're, we're looking to, to develop new business models, uh, new products and deliver the, all the platforms that we have, we want to open it to, to third party to implement different things and they can accelerate our position in, in the region.
1: That sounds really exciting. Um, tell us, tell me Javier about some of the projects that you've been most proud to work on over your career. What's, what are some of the highlights?
0: Well, uh, I think every, every, every project is different and I'm proud of all of them. Uh, I was here since we launched the mobile app the first time. So that like 10 years ago, that was excited because we were the first bank that in Guatemala that has uh, a mobile app. But uh, I think that the, the project that I'm most proud of is uh, the one that we implemented at the, facial recognition uh, biometric for logging in the app. That was in, in 2016 and we were the first uh, banking in the region. And I think like the fourth in, in the world to do it. Uh, I remember that time uh, doesn't exist that the face ID that, that Apple has and, and, and the Android. Uh, so we were ahead of that. Uh, as we are lo- always looking for trends, we, we were looking for something that helped uh, our customers to log in because they uh, always forgot their their passwords. Uh, so we found this uh, biometric solution, and it was a challenge not because of the of the solution and the technology, because it was very disruptive at this time. At that time. Uh, and I have to convince the, the board, I have to convince many people inside the bank that this is a good solution, even though we didn't know if their clients were going to accept it. Uh, it was a, a very good innovation at, at the bank. Uh, fortunately, uh, it, since we launched it it, it, it is a total success. Uh, the app adoption, uh, we increased uh, a lot of transactions, a lot of cl- new clients that start transaction more because uh, before that we had uh, the like the keychain that is the token. So you have to carry it to every place to make your transactions. And now you, you have to just put your face in front of the camera. You you see it now as a, as a normal thing, but uh, five years ago, it was a total disruption in our market.
1: I bet that you were early adopters there. Did you have to do a bit of client education Were people kind of like, what do you mean? I can just hold the camera up and, and get into the app.
0: Well, uh, the, the provider that we have, uh, helps a lot with that. And the solution was very easy to use that. We, ne- we didn't need to, to educate the client. We, we just launched, uh, a very nice marketing campaign that is called. I am Carlos Garcia, uh, because Carlos Garcia is like a common name in, in in our country and we have many clients that is called Carlos Garcia at the bank. So uh, the thing is that now we don't identify you by your name, we identify by who you are. Uh, and people start adopting that and they start tagging people that is called Carlos Garcia at, at Facebook. So it became vir- viral uh, very fast. So. The adoption of the, of, the, of the product and the security that we developed to the clients uh, was was very good because uh, they adopted uh, very nice. Uh, and for us, it was very good because the client now, they don't forget the password because they are the password. So that's that's a, a nice project. I, I have like several projects that we launch every year. But this for me is a, is a cool story because uh, it was like a total innovation in the market and we made uh, a total change and disruption here in, in Guatemala.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Javier, the last year to 18 months since the onset of the pandemic has been a crazy time for everyone um but it's it's brought a lot of changes in digital finance as well right so what what are some of the things that have maybe surprised you about the way digital finance has evolved um over the last year or two
0: well as you said the pandemic changed many things Uh, i I made a research like uh uh, like uh, by the end of the uh last year uh that is called as we used to say, new normal. Uh, but now it, it, that's not new, that that's normal. Uh, many things change, many habits from our clients change. Uh, uh, they, it's like a new touchless economy uh, that uh, many people adopt, not only here, but in all over the world. And uh, one thing that I'm surprised of is the, the adoption of digital payments. Uh, for example, in my country, you can we can talk uh, about uh, uh, China, Singapore, U.S., etc. But uh, in my country, uh, most of the transactions are made by cash. But by that time, that uh, all the lockdown uh, and many people can't uh, go out. Many people don't want to touch money or go to an ATM to 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 get the cash. So they start adopting uh, uh, digital payments, uh, QR payments, uh, online banking our online banking began to to, to to rise in transactions and payments from segments and people that probably will never do that in a, in a normal way. Uh, older people uh, start making payments because they have to pay for for cell phones, electricity, gas, et etc. et cetera. And before that, they, they like to go to the branches to, to make the payments. So many people start adopting that. But the thing is that they adopted and they like it and they now continue using it. Since now everything is open here again, uh that people continue using these digital payments. Uh you go to a restaurant and you pay by QR, you scan a QR code to get the menu. You uh if you want to, to buy something, you just get a link uh, by WhatsApp or Facebook. Uh and you can uh, pay without using cash. So for me, that adoption in the market and the digital payments uh, and the e-commerce, I think the pandemic gave it a a boost uh, in, I think if we didn't have the pandemic, probably it will happen like five, six years from now, but they accelerate the adoption of that. And also one thing that, it's not related with, with the finance, but the adoption of home office in my country, it was very, very nice. And even in the bank, we had the, 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 the thing in mind that we always have to work presents, uh, and, uh, in February, we were starting, uh, February last year. We were starting, uh, a, a, a pilot with 20 people, uh, to go to home office. A month after I have like the biggest pilot ever with. 3,000 people working by home office and since now we adopted and it's normal for us today I'm at the office but uh, I'm one week at the office one week at home and you can work uh, easily and you don't have to go from uh, to anywhere uh, or you can be anywhere and still working. So that's a a thing that uh, changed the mindset in in the people. I think in the country, not just for the bank and the financial institutions.
1: Has that changed the way, or how? How has that changed the way that that your team, right, in, in digital transformation, how has that changed the way that they, maybe that they work together or that they collaborate? Are you finding that you you have meetings on some days when more people are in the office, or how do you, how does how has that kind of uh, impacted the way that you, as a team, collectively well, do for- what you're what you're doing?
0: Yeah, for us, it was a real challenge because uh, since we do digital transformation and new methodologies, we use design thinking, design sprints, and uh, all the sprints are always do it uh, in, a, in, in a in a room with all people together, and you have to put post-its in everywhere, et cetera. So we never did it uh, virtually so that uh, we had to adapt uh, adapt our methodology to do virtual and just like uh, a mural, Miro, moral, uh, Zoom, etc. cetera. So uh, it was a challenge for us. But since we started, we're always improving our methodology. And now we prefer to continue doing it uh, virtually than presence, because many people in, in, from the bank and clients are not at the same place so we can contact people that are not in the city and are outside and we can work together also.
1: Yeah, it definitely opens a lot of um, opportunities in that sense, right? Yes. Looking ahead, um, looking ahead as we, as we, well, gaze into 2022 and, and, and the year ahead, what do you think are some of the the big challenges that financial institutions are facing when it comes to digital transformation? What are the, um, what are going to be the key hurdles to overcome next year?
0: Well, I don't want to say that the same that always I said, but many people always said that the regulator is the the an obstacle, but, uh, many things I think that we learned since, uh, well, not, not, not the pandemic, but I think that we learned since we're doing, uh, using design thinking and customer-centric solutions is that if you want to develop and solve a pain point for a client, doesn't matter if the regulator allow it or no, you will always uh, find a way to solve that pain point. So I think regulation is not uh, an obstacle right now and it's changing in the country and it's allowing, allowing uh, more things for us, like the use of the cloud. That a uh, year ago was prohibited in, in financial institutions here, but um, I think like the biggest obstacle for the next years you know, here will be like the um, financial education of the people. People, uh, there are uh, a lot of informal economy here, and if we want to grow as a digital institution, and we want to uh, serve the unbanked, we have to educate them, and they have to trust them. Uh, in a digital solution, they they have, well, in, in Guatemala, uh, uh, there are more cell phones that, uh, there are more people owning cell phones that uh, toothbrushes, for example. So you probably, uh, <laughs> you probably will uh, uh, find people that have three or four uh, cell phones. They probably don't know how to read, but they can use WhatsApp, they can use uh uh, by voice messaging etc and for example in our app now we have uh like voice banking so you don't have to know how to read you just have to by artificial intelligence you have you say uh i want to make a transfer to katie by 100 and it's done so that will help people uh, that don't know how to read and in the informal economy to start uh, getting into us uh also we developed uh like op, uh, onboarding for the uh, digital uh, current accounts, so we we are facing a challenge with financial education from people that it, it's not in the city. I think it's is the the big problem that we will have to solve in the in the next uh, months. I, I I don't say in years because we have to take action right now, and there are many fintechs that are taking action in that. And it's very difficult because of the, of the kind of uh, population that we have. We're only, only like 34% of the population are banked and 60, 66% of the population is underbanked. So it's going to be a challenge.
1: That is a big challenge. Really interesting that you mentioned voice banking there as a way of accessing part of that population who otherwise um, kind of may be unable to access those services, right?
0: Yeah, it's a cool solution that we launched uh, like uh, like six months ago, and uh, with the use of different intelligence, we can serve uh, that kind of of people. Or probably, if you're driving in your car and you don't have to text, you can just say our bot. It's called Avi. So you just say Avi, I want to make a transaction or payment, etc.
1: And when it comes to actual financial education or financial literacy. Can you give us a preview as to what your some of the other strategies that you are looking at when it comes to financial education and, and financial literacy?
0: Well, we're we're uh, trying to to do like financial education through uh, digital uh, or, uh, blogs, uh, uh, personal finance. Uh, we need to help uh, not only retail uh, and, and and persons but uh, SMEs. That is a, a a segment that is growing a lot in the country. So SMEs uh, are very important for us uh, because uh, we already have all the corporate uh, institutions. Uh, We already work with corporate institutions. So we have to develop uh, uh, that segment and deliver them also digital solutions because this segment uh, is also working with, well, not very, very good digital solutions to run their businesses. Probably is something that I can tell you right now about our strategy to start uh, giving more digital solutions for the country.
1: That would be interesting. I think that uh, reaching SMEs and banking SMEs um, is a challenge that a lot of banks in a lot of different countries face, right? It's, a, it's something that we hear recurrently that, um, there's been a lot of consumer-focused innovation, um, and when it comes to the small businesses, there's been a lot less. So I'd be interested to hear about what you're what you're looking at there.
0: Yeah, we're 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 facing a, a lot of challenges right now with that, but uh, we're w- working on it because uh, since the pandemic, uh, also we have to, or or executives have to work from home, but helping always uh, that kind of of clients, and the 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 SMEs uh, were very impacted here in in Guatemala during the pandemic, but uh, not with digital, but uh, giving credit to them. We always help them and help the country to to develop all these businesses during these uh, uh, tough days.
1: Javier, the theme of this podcast is banking remix, right? Like remixing banking. So if you were to remix banking for the future, um, if you were to add in one element or take take one element out, what would what would the element be?
0: I think uh people. <laughs> for me, uh people is the most important thing in 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 digital in, in, in for a company. Uh, and we're in a time that we need to reskill our our employees. Uh, since we have like 52 years uh, existing in, in, the, in Guatemala, uh, we are a traditional bank and we need to rescale the people to give them the new capabilities for this digital age. Uh, if they uh, have the new skills, the new soft skills, the new technical skills, they can help us develop uh, new, better and better solutions for our clients. They can help us adapt uh, new technologies like uh, I don't know, uh, blockchain artificial intelligence, uh, UX designing, um, AR, VR, etc. So we need to. We have a program like that is called like digital alphabetization in and in, in the bank. So. The democratization of the of the information and the knowledge uh, for me is better to have it all people around the bank than only my team so if my if all people know the things that we know uh, we're going to grow faster because now I'm like a bottleneck uh, and I'm the only one that can run uh, 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 a design sprint for example. So if we develop those skills in people and all those digital skills, uh, we're going to, to run the business uh, faster and develop uh, better solutions and digital solutions for our clients.
1: That's super interesting. So that's bringing the whole bank along with you, right? Not just, not just working with the digital transformation team, but making sure that the, the broader institution not just understands what you're doing, but kind of understands how you're doing it as well.
0: This transformation is not it's not mine and not from my team. It's a transformation for all the bank. And if you don't transform or change the way you do things, it's going to be difficult that just a, a, a few people make change.
1: Javier, to go to our final our final question, which is to take a crystal ball and look way into the future. How is the next generation going to be managing their finances? How will our how will our kids manage their finances when they get to our age?
0: Well, uh, it's a funny question because. Uh, like uh, like six or eight months ago uh, we asked us the the same question and we start developing uh I, I, I won't spoil it but uh, we start developing uh, uh, several um, interviews uh, with uh, with customers and yeah, innovation sprints to solve that question uh, first of all uh Money uh as 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 cash is running out and our kids uh will never see the cash. So it's going to be difficult for them or for us to teach our, our kids to save if they don't see the money. They need to see it or they need to to, to well not to touch it, but they need to feel uh that it's worth something. They have to earn something. So uh, lucky for us all our kids are digital right now and we can help the parents to with digital tools or digital games uh, with gamification with uh, I don't know gaming uh, digital piggy bank or many different ways to help kids know how to save uh, the thing is I don't know if if uh, in, in the coming years our our kids will manage their money with with crypto. Uh, if they will manage the payments with their face, uh, there are many things that are changing fast. But the the only thing that I know I'm for sure is that if it doesn't matter if you uh, have cash, crypto, uh, digital payments, etc., uh, the kids need to know how to save. And if we teach our kids how to save money in they will uh, manage it in the better way. Doesn't matter if it's with, uh, for example, cryptocurrency that is a trend right now.
1: Fantastic! I think that's an interesting, an interesting view into the future. Um, Javier, thank you so much for making the time for this interview. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you and and understanding a little about what you're doing and 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 your outlook on uh, on digital transformation and banking. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Banking Remix by Veritran. Be sure to subscribe to the series in Spotify, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud so you'll be the first to hear the next interview. Until then, keep up with the latest in digital finance on VNext. That's Veritran's blog, where the team discusses news and trends in banking transformation. Don't miss it. Head over to veritran.com slash blog. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon with more Banking Remix Insights.